Branson, Missouri, and she told us of a meeting in January 2000 in Ozark, Alabama, where the following word of prophecy was given. One reason the old-timers had more supernatural experiences, such as translations, was that they had greater respect for praying in tongues. Hallelujah. I believe we have a respect. And if you don't, we'll get one. But I believe that here in this church, we have a respect for praying in tongues. The Lord told me a while ago, He said, this is a, he said, this is a very special service tonight. He said, I couldn't have done what just happened. What, what just happened, I couldn't have done it except the right people were here tonight. There was not one person in the room that was skeptical or, or not able to agree in faith. In other words, too immature or, or you know, not, sometimes people don't mean to be skeptical. They're just not believers yet. You know what I'm saying? And so he said this was such a unique service that it was 100% people that would completely agree and so I could get the impossible done hallelujah 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 it folks hallelujah hallelujah glory it doesn't happen often and you know I don't know that we'd want it to happen often because we want to reach people you know but he but it happened tonight hallelujah hallelujah praise God well uh, we're going to talk about something tonight and hallelujah, Lord doesn't change it. This is the plan right here, a little bit of the plan anyway. But we've already just had awesome things. And I believe that we want to lay hands on everybody tonight. I believe that what we want to do at the end of the service tonight. So we'll do that, okay? Uh, let's, let's just pray and, you know, help just call on God. Father, we come before you tonight and we just ask you for... Uh, that you've led us so far in this service. It's been so awesome. We just thank you for all that you've done. And Lord, we just believe that, that, that mountains were moved in the spirit realm, that breakthroughs came in each family. And Lord, breakthroughs in, in oh, Father God, dreams were resurrected. And Father, burdens of the, the hearts were rolled away. And we just give you thanksgiving for it. Well, we believe for, that there will be manifestations, uh, immediate manifestations in people's bodies in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And we just give you all the glory. And now, Father, thank you for con continuing to guide us in this service and for utterance in the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Um, I'm like, nearly feel like do I have the wrong crowd for this for this message tonight? Because it is so much the choir tonight. You know, we're always saying I'm preaching to the choir. When you say when we say that, what we mean is we're preaching to the best of the best in the church. Not all, not not not. I mean, I guess maybe that's not really completely true because I don't guess the choir is always the best of the best in every church. But the ones that are always there, are the ones that are being, you know, so forth. And so, uh, <laughs> hallelujah, we are preaching to uh, the cream of the crop tonight. And I'm titling this message tonight. Uh, and, and I don't know how it'll go, but I'm gonna. I'm starting out. Give me oil in my lamp. Hallelujah. Early in the month this month, the Lord said it seemed like He wanted me to talk about the ten virgins. Hallelujah. I don't. I've never heard a message on the ten virgins. Maybe you have. You know Matthew 25. That's where the ten virgins are. So you go to Matthew 25, and we'll be uh, uh, getting some things from there. Hopefully. I, I'm assured we will. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, 
Thank you, Jesus. I think the kingdom of God is much more intense, if that's the right word, and I'm not sure it is, than most people think. You know, hallelujah. It's not near as loose as people think. I believe it's God's desire that everybody be as focused as you are, as intense as you are, as, 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 as committed in your heart as you are. Hallelujah. And one thing I know for sure is God wants us to be full of the Holy Ghost. And we're coming into revival in less than two weeks. And, of course, we don't need to wait. You know, let me encourage you, don't wait for revival. You know, uh, the rapture could happen before revival. Hallelujah. So we should, we should never put off things. Amen. And so let's don't wait for revival. In fact, tonight you're going to have an opportunity uh, to, to, to just saturate yourself with the, with the, the presence of God. And he's, he's here. Um, thank you, Jesus. And um, so things are not near as loose as, 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 as it, if, if you look at the body of Christ as a whole, or those that call themselves Christians as a whole, as it would appear to be. In God's not, God, it's, not, it's not designed to be that loose. It's not designed to be that casual. It's, a, it's, it's designed to be a very strong, tight relationship and, and complete and strong and tight fellowship. Hallelujah. And I'm just believing God for each word as I say this because I didn't want to prepare a lot because I wanted the Holy Ghost to lead me, but I have been meditating on this all month. You remember there's a song. I know we used to sing this in the Baptist church. I don't think we knew what it meant, but we sang it. You know, we sang a lot of songs in the Baptist church that were really very spiritual. Some weren't so good, but we sang a lot of really spiritual songs that we didn't have a clue what they meant. You know what I'm saying? We just didn't have any revelation. And yet people that were baptized in the Holy Ghost, they, I look back on those hymns now and I go, that person had to be full of the Spirit. That hymn is full of revelation. You know? I was thinking the other day about that uh, song we used to sing. Whosoever surely meaneth me, surely meaneth me, oh, surely meaneth me. Anybody know whosoever surely meaneth me? Lord, am I the only one? Well, I'm the only Baptist. Hallelujah. Y'all weren't very good Baptists, these ones. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But anyway, y'all didn't know whosoever, surely. I had, we sang that and sang it, and I didn't have a clue what it was talking about. I didn't know that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. I, it didn't, it didn't, I, I mean, I, even if I knew that scripture, it's like I didn't put two and two together. I just didn't, I couldn't make the ends meet or something, you know. Hallelujah. The light was dim, folks. I mean, I'm a, I consider myself a smart person. I was smart in school. I made good grades. But when it came to spiritual things, the light was dim. At our, well, we used to sing another song in the Baptist church. Not so much in the... We sang this more in like the youth and the children. But we used to sing... Uh, give me oil in my lamp, keep me burning, burning, burning. Give me oil in my lamp, I pray. Give me oil in my lamp, keep me burning, burning, burning. Keep me burning till the judgment day. Anybody ever sing that? Got a few more on that one. Hallelujah. I don't think I had a clue what it meant. Hallelujah. But one thing for sure, I know I didn't know Matthew 25 verse 1, and are y'all there yet? We'll read. It says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins. Say the kingdom of heaven. 
Now, the kingdom of heaven is a place, and you need to remember that. The kingdom of God is a system. The kingdom of heaven is a place. So we need to keep that in mind as we read. Now, then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go you out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. And afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Now I've heard some, I haven't really heard sermons on this per se, I don't think, but I've heard arguments about this parable here. And I, and, and, um, or, and, and Jesus says, this is like the kingdom of heaven. And so he's talking about heaven. And I've heard actually people say that he's not talking about who goes with Jesus or not talking about God, but the, the end times. Not and, and, you know, I looked at this as I was reading and I thought, you'd have to be blind, spiritually blind, not to know that this was talking about Jesus coming back and end times because in verse 13 it says, Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. So he specifically tells us that it is talking about end times and Jesus coming back. And it's talking about who's going to go and who's not going to go. And it's important that we know this and that we understand uh, this parable. Now, in this parable, there were ten virgins. The Bible says they had lamps. And, and if you look that up, it just means a light or a torch. If you turn over to Proverbs chapter 20 and verse... Uh, they had a lamp. The virgins had a lamp. Obviously, um, this is not talking about uh, literal virgins. In other words people that are unmarried, women that are unmarried. It's not talking about unmarried women. It's talking about, uh, it's talking about an, inner, uh, an inner work in the heart. It's talking about being a virgin within. In other words, being born again. Hallelujah. It's talking about an inward work, not uh, a natural person. And so this talks about ten virgins, and it says that they all had lamps. If you look in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27, it says the spirit of man is the candle, or some versions say lamp. In fact, my margin actually has the word lamp written out beside it. The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. So the virgins had lamps. We, our spirit is the lamp. Hallelujah. That's what Proverbs says, that the spirit of the man is the candle of the Lord or is the lamp. Hallelujah. If you look in Proverbs chapter 18, thank you, Jesus. Your spirit is the lamp of the Lord when you're born again. Thank you, Jesus. So obviously, 
all of these ten virgins had to be borrowing again because they all had lamps. They all had uh, the lamp of the Lord in the inner man, okay? Find one scripture. So let's go back to Matthew chapter 25. But anyway, you get the point. It was just to reiterate that your spirit is the candle of the Lord. God lights the candle. God's the one that puts light in your spirit. Amen? Hallelujah. Matthew 25 again. We're looking there. Uh, it says that there were five virgins, ten virgins. Five of them were wise. How many of you think there could be wise Christians and there could be foolish Christians or unwise Christians. The word wise there means they were thoughtful, cautious, sagacious. I did not know what sagacious meant. I looked it up in Webster's Dictionary and it meant to perceive keenly, uh, to be perceptive and discerning. To be sagacious is to perceive keenly. So there were five virgins who were thoughtful, cautious. They were very perceiving. They were very keen. They were very perceptive and they were very discerning. This is something we need to work on. Perceiving, being keen, picking up. The Bible says we're to watch and pray in more than one place. That we're to be looking in our heart. We're to be discerning things. We're not to just walk around and say, oh, whatever. You know, when we're in church, we're supposed to, we're, we're on duty as much as the preacher. We're supposed to be picking up on that. When we go to prayer in these prayer meetings, you know, one of the things we've been doing after we prayed is we go around the room and we let people say, I heard this. I saw this. You, you say, well, I didn't see or hear anything. Well, that's because you didn't train yourself. You need to start training yourself immediately. And the way you train yourself is praying and then listening for a minute. Hallelujah. Because see, you were, we, our heads are well trained. Our, our soul is well. Our minds, wills, and emotions are very highly trained. But we're not very spiritually trained to hear to listen, to hear the still small voice. You have to train yourself to hear the still small voice. Some people are so busy trying to hear the loud booming voice, the, the audible voice. You need to forget the audible voice. You could go a lifetime and never hear the audible voice of God. And if you have to, if God ever has to speak to you in the audible voice, you are not keen, you are not one of the, you are not one of these keen Christians. He does not want to see, speak to you audibly. He only speaks audibly when someone is so uh, spiritually unperceptive that he can't get there any other way. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And so we train ourselves. You practice. You practice. You need to have a desire to hear God. The Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. You ought to have a desire to hear him. Don't walk through life a Christian that doesn't hear. That has to, you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't have to come to the pastor. You know, you might come to the pastor for counsel in the sense of, of confirmation or, you know, it's not wrong to, there's wisdom in counsel. It's not wrong to say, am I thinking right about this? This is how I'm, this is what I think I'm picking up. There's not wrong to do that, but to come and just come in, I don't have a clue what I'm supposed to do. Well, you're not, you're not a wise, thoughtful, cautious, sagacious, perceiving, keenly, perceptive, discerning Christian. Because you need to be able to hear. And if you're relying on your wife to hear or your husband to hear or grandma to hear. I used to rely on Granny Hixie to hear because I didn't know how to hear. And Granny Hixie had to hear. And when Colin woke up that morning when he was three years old and couldn't walk. He couldn't walk. He just woke up one morning. He couldn't walk. 
And, uh, and I called Granny Hixie. Granny Hixie heard from God. And you know, as a baby Christian, it's okay, but to stay there would have been wrong, right? Hallelujah. And Granny Hixie said, I'll be right over. And she came over and she said, Debbie, there's not anything wrong with that kid except y'all been neglecting him. Well, we wasn't neglecting him because we was out partying and at the bars and at the casinos. We was neglecting him because we was praying and in the Holy Ghost and visiting and fellowshipping with the saints because we just got baptized in the Holy Ghost. And for, so for about six months, we just was going every night. And you know, somebody just needed to stop going and play Monopoly or not Monopoly. He was too young, but Candyland or something, you know. Hallelujah. So, and you know, so, so I, you know, thank God I listened. And, and so that day I packed a picnic lunch and me and Colin went to the farm and found daddy because that was before cell phones. You had to just go to the farm and find them. You know, just drive around the turn rows till you found a pickup. Hallelujah. And so went to the farm and found daddy and spread the blanket out and had a picnic. About halfway through the picnic, he could walk again. <laughs> Hallelujah. He could walk because he, you know, hallelujah, praise God. But my point is, Granny Hicksie had to hear God because I was not, you know, hallelujah. And so, but I had a deep desire now from the time I got filled with the Holy Ghost. I had a compelling desire. I wanted to hear God's voice. And I was, I was trying to learn and listen. And I, I listened to other people and I paid attention in services. And I tried to pick up on what was going on in the service, you know, and tried to pick up on things. And I, I was always trying to pick up. And I trained myself by, I would say, Lord, where I was going to get a birthday cake from a bakery one time. And I would just practice to see if I could hear God. And one time I, I and, and I would always, if somebody's going to have a baby, I practiced to see if I could hear. Now, don't try this on yourself because you'll miss it because your soul will get so in the way because I did that with Eric I said oh okay we thought we heard God he was a girl we didn't pick out a boy's name and his name was Lindsay Joe and that was his girl name Hallelujah. He was Lindsay Joe. Hallelujah. And when he was born, I was like arguing with the nurse. Are you sure it's a boy? Because I, but see, your soul's in the way. Hallelujah. I know, don't get me wrong. I, God was so smart to give me a boy. I'm so thankful for Eric. He, he was the, he was, he's biggest, one of the biggest blessings God ever gave me. And I didn't have no business with a girl. I just don't have the temperament for it. I can tell you folks. Hallelujah. And so he gave me a granddaughter, and, and I can do it when it's kind of watered down. There's a mother between me and her, you know. Hallelujah. So I've got it watered down, but I, I identify in hallelujah. So I'm not saying I was sorry or anything like that. No, I was never sorry. I was just shocked because I tried to hear God in that. So I practiced on other, I learned to practice on other people where I, which, where I didn't care if they had a boy or a girl. And that's something you can practice on in hallelujah. And you can practice for they can go get their sonogram. Now, back in my day, you didn't find out, you know. You had to wait nine months to find out. I like it this other way better, personally. It's easier to prepare, and I like to be prepared. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. See, I, he was born in December, and I had dolls and all sorts of stuff bought. Hallelujah. I still have the doll I bought for him. For his, his you know, I still have that, that doll. Hallelujah. He, he never did even see it, I don't think. Thank you, Jesus. So I had to take it back and get some boy stuff for Christmas because he was born December 4th. And, you know, he really needed Christmas gifts. He was going <laughs> to... Amen. Uh, so it, we're talking about being thoughtful, cautious, sagacious, perceiving, uh, keenly perceptive, discerning, learning to hear God's voice and being in tune. Hallelujah. 
not out to lunch. I tell you, there's people in this church, and I'm going to say it, that are just out to lunch spiritually. They don't have a clue. Because you can tell. Hallelujah. And then we know that we're not a unique church, that those are in every kind. There's both kinds in every church, aren't there? Hallelujah. We have a high percentage of the perceptive kind. And we're not all perfect at it, but we're all, we're all wanting to. We're all trying. We're all, we're all, you know, a lot of us are we're really trying. Now, the five, uh, there were five that were foolish. That means dull, heedless, and actually the Strong's Concordance said blockheaded. Pastor talked about being blockheaded or, or some of those kind of things this morning. Foolish, dull, heedless, blockheaded. That could just be stubborn. Some people just are being stubborn. You know, they're just choosing to wallow in their problems and just choose. You know, you got to choose life. You got to choose things. Amen. Uh, and then we have, see that they that in their lamps uh, it says uh, they had no oil. It says, and the oil, see, oil in the Bible, and when it's talking, it's either talking one of two things in the Bible. It's either talking literal olive oil, or it's talking spiritual oil, which is always the Holy Ghost or the anointing. Amen? And we know this has got to be talking about the spiritual kind of oil because it's not talking about literal virgins. It's talking about spiritual virgins. So it's got, it's so it's got to stay in the same context. So if it's spiritual virgins, then it's spiritual oil. So it's talking about they didn't have uh, the Holy Ghost overflowing. They didn't have enough. They, they were out. They were dry. They were dry. It didn't say they weren't saved. It just says they were dry. They didn't have that oil in their lamps. Hallelujah. Um, in verse 4 there it says, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. Uh, it, it says oil, it, in, in the Greek it's oil to spare. Abundance. Overflow. They had overflow. Hallelujah. You know, uh, Brother Jack says it's all about saturation. It's all about overflow. It's, it's necessary in this last day that we allow ourselves and that we position ourselves to have abundance, to have an overflow, to be saturated, not to be in that dry place where we're carnal, where, where we're more interested in the things of this world. We're more interested in what's going on, uh, Hallelujah. On the TV, on the internet, you know, you know where the world is. We're more, in, in, in our, and we live in this world, and we, we enjoy those things a little bit. We, we partake of them a little bit, but we don't, but, but that's not our focus of interest. We don't, and you know, they're very depleting. You know, the, those things are very depleting. The more worlds you put in, the more it forces out the things of God. You could come to revival and get an overflow and walk away on Thursday morning and then just get on the TV and the Internet. And, you know, it's not going to take but a few days until the world and all the situations and the, the burdens and the heaviness and all those kind of things are going to pull out your oil, going to deplete you. And so we, had the, we have to do what Proverbs 4 says. We have to guard our hearts very closely because out of our hearts and we don't just guard our hearts from bad things coming in but we guard our hearts to keep the good things in hallelujah guarding our heart because out of my heart's going to flow the issues of my life what I have is going to come out of my heart 
The good things in life are going to come out of my heart. If I have abundance, it's because something in my heart was abundant. If I have healing, it's because healing was overflowing in my heart. Health was overflowing in my heart. And if you, you, you know, you can get fear overflowing in your heart. The wrong people listening to them and the, their negativity and their, uh, you know, just them talking. Even, even maybe they're not talking about you, but they're talking about their problems all the time. They're, you know, it, it, it starts, we start having fear in our heart versus an overflow, hallelujah, of faith in our heart. And first thing you know, we're operating in fear. You know, I, and, and, and you go, so when that happens, you go to the Word and you read your healing scriptures and you read them out loud. I tell you, there's nothing like putting the Word in out loud. You just read it, you're going to get one level, but you read it out loud to yourself. Not just the whole Bible. Sometimes I do that, I'll just take a chapter and read it. But I like to just go from healing scripture to healing scripture to healing scripture. And after reading about 15 or 20 of them, I can feel faith start to rise up in my heart. Hallelujah. And so if I do that over and over and over and over again, so I'm guarding my heart, I'm not letting other people affect it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I have to guard my steps very carefully because there's people that affect my heart negatively. I'll tell you honestly, we go to Texas and see family and we need a bath. Coming home, we're just like, oh my God, get me out of this. Oh my Lord, Jesus, help us. Now we love our family very much. We love our parents, but they don't see it like we see it. And even some of them are spirit filled and they still don't see it like we see it. And they believe in healing. They believe God heals. Hallelujah. But they don't, but they, but they still, they haven't ordered their conversation. And they're full, and you know, and, and you know, they're not just, comp they, they're complainers. I'll tell you, they're, uh, one set especially are complainers. They're complaining because the school doesn't need to add on to the school and raise our taxes. And oh my Lord, hallelujah. And we, well, we want to build onto our house, but it would raise our taxes. You know, oh my gosh. Hallelujah. You know, it's just all, and you know, when we go home, when we get out of that, you've been five days in it, it's like, oh God, give me oil in my lamp. <sighs> Hallelujah. I need to get with the body of Christ. I need to get with somebody that's believing something. And you know, they tack a few little spiritual words, you know, well, I'm believing for healing or something. They'll tack a word or two in there every once in a while, but you know it's not going to happen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you know you can just get in the wrong atmosphere. I had to talk about Granny Hixie a lot. She wouldn't care. She knows I'm right now. And she's up there rejoicing and says, Oh, well, I was ready to go anyway. Because she loved Jesus a bunch. But you know, she got healed of breast cancer. She got breast cancer and she got healed of it. But then she moved. And she moved away from the people of faith. Because after her mother died, she began to have this, you know, you can have your soul can lead you wrong. And she began to have this longing in her soul because she had 12 brothers and sisters. And I don't know, I think there was 11 of them alive at that time. And uh, she got this longing in her soul because her mother had gone on to be with her brothers and sisters, to be with family. And so they moved about four hours away from us down to Albany, Texas. And uh, from that point on, she began to lose her healing. 
She had maintained it for several years, but she began to lose her healing. She did a some number of things. She, first of all, being around unbelieving family. Uh, now they were believers. I don't. When I say unbelieving, they were Baptists. My whole, the whole Sanders family. We were they were Sanders. They were all Baptists. You know, as far as I can, I don't think there was any of them that wasn't Baptist. And so, um, <coughs> Southern Baptist, Hallelujah. And so they were all saved. They were deacons in the church. A lot of the men were deacons. So they were pretty committed to their churches, but it's still not the same. And so, I don't know, this isn't in my notes. I don't know, this may take six weeks to preach this. We may have to have a six weeks meeting. But uh, she, she, you know, and some of you, I'm telling you this because you're believing for healing and your health is being affected by this and you're not even picking up on it because you're dull in this area, you're not perceptive, and you're paying a high price for some things. And, 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 it, and it's costing you. And uh, she, so um, the family, you know, um, one particular sister I can think of, who, who's funny, outlived her 10 years. Thank you, Jim. But um, um, just died last year, in fact. Um, you know, movies. Big into movies and buying movies. And so, you know, she got where she'd watch movies just because they was hand handy. Now, she's a very committed Christian. She's praying and, uh, you know, and hallelujah, got a good pastor and le teaching a Sunday school class. I mean, they love her. They love her. Hallelujah. My grandmother, she especially had a, uh, she had such a ministry to young men. Oh, she would have just, she would have been doting on Colin and Eric and Nigel because she, see, she was 80, so she could, she could be just, Oh, man, she'd have been just, she'd have loved you, Nigel. She would have just ate you up. Hallelujah. Because she just loved young men. Hallelujah. And, you know, she was 80. She could get by with it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And so, um, thank you, Lord. But anyway, so she, that's one of the things that, and you know, not a lot, but a little leaven leavens the whole lump. And I'm not saying to watch movies, but I'm saying if you get to feeding on some of that stuff and you got to guard, you just got to be on the guard all the time. And I just, I saw it. And then her sisters and all, because see, they're all retired because they're all old. Hallelujah. And so they're in that retirement age. And so about once or twice a month, they all would come. Some of them lived in Abilene. Some of them lived in Throckmorton. They lived, you know, uh, and they would all come to one of them houses. They bring a covered dish and they just play cards. And it's like, it's not anything wrong with cards. I'm not saying that, but it just got the focus. It took her edge off. It just got her focus off just a little bit. I'm not saying you can't play cards. I'm just saying if you get your focus off and you're hanging around, and now these, while you're playing cards with these people, these people are negative. They're negative, and they're talking their problems, and they're, they're not talking faith, and they're not talking healing. And, you know, sometimes we think we're being a light to them, but we're not. Did you know not one of her brothers and sisters ever changed and came over to the spirit-filled side. She believed, she prayed, but they never did. Some of you are just wasting your breath on people, and they are pulling you down. Hallelujah. I don't know why I'm preaching. That's, that's not what I want to preach. And I'll tell you something else she did that cost her healing. You know, in Albany, little town. Now, this is a little town. What, about 2,000, you think? Not that many. Okay. Hallelujah. I noticed they say Albany different over in Georgia. 
I noticed Paula Dean's from there, and she says it different. That was interesting. Hallelujah. But anyway, in Albany, they this is Albany, Texas I'm talking about. Um, they found out that she had had breast cancer. And so they said, oh, you're a breast cancer survivor. You're a cancer survivor. I want you to come to the American Cancer Society meeting because you're a survivor. And the minute you go from being healed of I'm healed, bless God, you ought to have such an attitude that you nearly deny it ever touched you. Amen. I'm healed. I am not a survivor of anything. I'm the redeemed of the Lord. Hallelujah. And so the minute she switched over, and we watched this happen, but how many of you know that grandmothers don't listen to granddaughters very well? You can't teach your parents anything. You can't teach your grandparents anything. Hallelujah. And you, you can't, there's, there's some of you trying to teach an old dog something, and you ain't going to teach them nothing. And it's, it's getting you. Well, I'm sorry, but it's the truth. Hallelujah. But um, so she, she I, we would go, we went down there to visit. I was shocked. We went in the bedroom. Now, my granny, she was big on doing stuff like this. You know, she had the Jesus purse. Hallelujah. And, you know, she had, she was, boy, she loved. She'd get her, she couldn't have enough bumper stickers and, and necklaces with huge fish. I mean, she didn't get her one with a little fish. She got her one a fish, you know. She was a bold witness. Hallelujah. But, you know, so, so she, they'd given her a little American Cancer Society sticker. So she stuck it on her mirror in her bedroom. You better be careful with Breast Cancer Awareness Month. You better stay away from that stuff. You let the world do that work. You do God's work. Amen. Hallelujah. Be careful with your little pink ribbons. And oh, I just stay away from that stuff. Hallelujah. Now, do I think it's a bad thing? No, I just know it's not my job. And it's not your job either. Hallelujah. We guard our hearts. Hallelujah. They want you to do those kind of things. Well, as soon as she became a breast cancer survivor instead of a, the healed of the Lord, she made a little... See, it was real subtle. If you'd asked her, did God heal you, she'd have said yes, but just a little subtle switch. And, you know, it can be very small. You can get just a little bit out of alignment, and it got her off. And first thing you know, she's had a reoccurrence. Well, now God was faithful. He healed her again. But you know she had gotten in fear to the point that she couldn't, she couldn't believe it. She was scared. She was in fear. And she, uh, so they had her in the hospital one time, and uh, they had told her she had cancer in the hip and in the bone. And so uh, she had a dream in the middle of the night. She was going to the wedding, started getting up out of the bed and fell and broke her hip. Well, broke the hip that they said there was cancer in. Well, the doctor did surgery like they do when you break your hip. And he came, he said, Miss Newcomb, there's no cancer in your hip. See, God had healed her again. But she was so in fear. Because, see, she had let this stuff. Now, meanwhile, she's left Albany and moved back up where we are. But she's too far, she's too far in doctor. She's, she's got that stuff in her. Hallelujah. We got to guard our hearts. Are we going to be are we going to be wise or are we going to be foolish? 
Hallelujah. Went a whole different route there. But thank you, Jesus. Um, you know, it says there in verse 5, I don't know how long we're going to go on this. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. You know, the Bible, tarried means he took time. How, you know, it's, it, it's been taking some time. Paul said, you know, be on the alert. Jesus is coming quickly. And we're like, well, that was 2,000 years ago. You know, and so it's easy to get to that slumbering and sleeping. He's, I don't, this is never going to happen thing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We can't do that. Um, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Um, look there in uh, verse 7. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. Hallelujah. It says, uh, <clears throat> and, and the foolish said unto the wise, give us, give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. That word gone out is they've been extinguished, they've been quenched. You know, they, you can quench, you can let the world quench your light. You can let the world quench your oil. You can let the circumstances of life quench your oil. You can let the busyness of life quench your oil. You can do good things that aren't God things, and, 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 and if you just do them long enough and neglect the things of God, you know, one of the things we do as Christians is we got to fight all the time to keep our lives in priority and to keep them in balance, to keep our children in priority and to keep them in balance. And we'll see more why as we look at this. Um, it says in verse 9, it says, But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. Notice they said, you got to get it for yourself. You People, we have to get it for, I can't get it for you. Your husband can't get it for you. Your wife can't get it for you. You know, the, when it talks about Jesus coming back, one of the places it talks about it, it says there'll be two in the bed and one will go and one will stay. One will be taken and one will be left behind. There'll be two in the field uh, plowing and one will, go, one will be taken and another will be left. Nobody can get it for you. I don't care if you sleep in the bed with them. They cannot get it for you. You have to get your life. you got to get your lamp full of oil. Hallelujah. And you can't just be in a church and get it by osmosis. Hallelujah. Um, he said, go to them that sell purchase for yourselves. And the Bible literally says there, where it says, lest there not be enough for us, it says they warded them off. They warded them off. We need to learn the art of warding some people off. Hallelujah. You know, uh, well, I'm not going to go there. I'll let the Holy Ghost tell you that. Uh, verse 10. Verse 10 says, uh, And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready, say ready, ready, went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Oh, it says, ready mean, them that were ready means those that were prepared. You have to be prepared. You need, you, did you know you have to be prepared for Jesus to come back? Did you know that if there's a preparation for Jesus coming back beyond just walking to the front of the church and saying, I will accept the Lord as my Savior, there's a preparation beyond that for Jesus coming back. Thank you, Lord. 
those that are ready, those that are prepared. Um, verse 11 said, afterward came also the other virgins saying, Lord, open to us. They said, open up, open up. Verse 13, watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Watch means keep awake, be vigilant. Glory to God, glory to God. Turn over. You know, we don't preach hellfire and damnation in this church. I know why some preachers do. Because if I had their congregation, I'd want to preach hellfire and damnation too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because they got some, some there's a lot of light in this church. The people have a lot of light. And the, we are, we're, I believe that you are teachable. And the Bible says that there's a ministry of condemnation that has a little bit of a profit to it. In other words, you can condemn people and hammer on them and yell at them and scream at them and say, turn or burn, and you'll get a little, little fruit out of that. But there says it's, there's a, a more glorious ministry. And it's the ministry of revelation. And the Lord wants us to have a ministry of revelation here. So we try to give you revelation. The Bible says that it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. And so we want you to, you know, I think hellfire and damnation Christians that got saved because of hellfire and damnation make really poor Christians. And for the most part. The best Christians are the Christians of revelation that are in love with God, in love with Jesus, that want more, and that they're, hallelujah, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. And so that's what we try to. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to read you some scriptures tonight, and you're going to think I'm preaching hellfire and damnation. Matthew 13. Glory to God. You want to turn there? The, like I said a while ago, this is a lot more, it's not as loosey-goosey as you think. You Brother Hagin used to say, that uh, there's going to be people in heaven, you're going to be shocked they're there. And then there's going to be people in heaven that aren't in heaven, you're going to be shocked they're not. And then some of you are going to be shocked you're there. That's what he said, not me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Matthew chapter 13, verse 47. I don't know, but I read the Bible all the time. I, I, I've recently just read Matthew in the Amplified Bible. I wanted to read, I'm trying to read the whole New Testament in the Amplified because you see some things you didn't see before. And so I've recently read Matthew and I'm kind of skipping around. I'm not doing it in order because I get a little bored if I do Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So I do Matthew and then I go read, you know, and then I come back around. So anyway, uh, but it's like, not, I've never seen this scripture. It's like it just, it's, it, this scripture is intense. And I found out there's a lot of scriptures in this Bible that Jesus said that are very, very intense. They're, I don't want to... Some people said, y'all are narrow-minded. Who said that? I don't remember, but some preacher said recently that people accuse us of being narrow-minded. But, and and, but the Bible says that the way is narrow. And some people got this opened up so big. You know, oh yeah, Muslims, it's, there's more than one way to God. That's Christians that are saying those kind of things. Or supposedly Christians. Well, I mean, they're either not Christians or they're really blind. Matthew 13, verse 47. Uh, says, again, the kingdom of heaven. See, he's talking about that place again. Is likened to a net that was cast into the sea and gathered of every kind. 
the Bible says in one version, it says some of every, got some of every kind. The kingdom of heaven is like a net and, and it catches some of every kind, which when it was full, they drew to shore and sat down and gathered the good into vessels, but cast the bad away. So when you cast the net, you get some that aren't no good. Everything that comes up in the net, God doesn't say is going to make it and is worthy and it's going to happen for them. Just because it's in the net, just because it's in the church, just because it's in the, and they, they say they're Christian. He says, but when, when it was full, they drew to shore and sat down and gathered the good into vessels, but cast the bad away. Verse 49, so shall it be at the end of the world. The angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from among the just. The Bible says that there's wicked among the just. Now, I'm not suggesting that you're wicked in here. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying uh, the way is narrow. That we have to be, we got to go back to the ten virgins. And we got to say, there were ten foolish, there were ten wise, and there's only five, I mean, excuse me, there were ten. There was five foolish, there was five wise, and it don't matter, some only five went. You could say, only 50% went. I want to be in the went. I got to have my lamp full. I got to have my, I got to be ready. And boy, we're fixing to have revival. You got an opportunity to get full, 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 full. And God wants to get us full because Jesus is coming back really soon. You say, I don't believe that. That's my point exactly. Because I go read you a scripture that says he's coming when an hour when you think not. And you're thinking not, so it must be right now, soon. Because if you're thinking not, hallelujah. I believe what he's saying is that the majority of people will be thinking, not now, not now, not this soon. Maybe, you know, but not now. Because a lot of people are like, but I want my kids to grow up. And I want my girls to be able to get married. I want to see my daughter in a bride's dress. And, and you know, I want to have grandkids. Oh, I've always wanted to have grandkids. I don't want Jesus to come back. And I want to get married. Don't get, I don't want Jesus to come back because I want to get married. Oh, I want to be Jesus. Don't come back because I want to get married. That's how, I, now I'm saying that because you know that was me. I said, Jesus, don't come back till I can marry Michael Billings. <laughs> Hallelujah. And as good as he is, Jesus, it would have been better. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. No, I'm not, now that sounded bad. I didn't mean, I didn't mean it. Like, I didn't mean that. I just meant heaven so much better. We just have such a puny little, you know, the, and, and you know, we just, a lot of people like, well, they want, I want to succeed in life first, or I want to, what do we, and then some people just have a real noble thing of, but I got to get some more people saved. And yeah, we do want to get some people saved. But I tell you, I'll, you want me to tell you something? I love that. I appreciate it. But that's the evangelist's heart. And I got the pastor's heart. And you know what I told pastor? I said, I said the other day, I said, pastor, I don't call him that at home, but you know what I'm talking about. I said, Jesus got to come back. 
the body of Christ has such pressure on them right now. Here's grace on you, and I don't know if you realize, but there is such pressure on the body of Christ right now. I see what you're up against. I see what you're believing for. I see it. And I want Jesus to come back because I don't like to see you under that pressure. I, I, was, I don't want to embarrass them, and I don't. But I don't think this is private. I think y'all know this. But I was noticing, or Chris and I were talking the other day, and their health insurance every month and <laughs> for their family is $777 every month. Before they can ever start buying clothes for their family and house for their family, Colin has to come up with $700. I'm a mama. I, that bothers me. That he has to earn $777 every month. Now, he because he works for himself, you know. And he's supposed to go up 8% this year. That's what the news said. And I said, God, that is pressure. That is pressure. And you are under pressure on some areas. And that's why. But I want Jesus to come back. That's the pastor's heart. Now, the evangelist's heart says, and you know, I know there's grace. There's grace until he comes. There's grace until he comes. I know that. But I still got a pastor's heart. And I still like, God, come quickly, Lord Jesus. When I see you sick and I see you struggling to get your babies healed and struggle, and you know, it's not supposed to be a struggle, but sometimes you do. Hallelujah. Jesus, come quickly. Because to tell you the truth, this world is so spinning out of control with nuclear all and everything. It's like, I don't know how much more the body of Christ can stand. Well, I know we can if Jesus just keeps giving more grace because the Bible says more grace comes. As we go on, more grace, more grace, more grace, more grace. Hallelujah. But I'll tell you one thing for sure, and I'll close with this. One thing for very sure is it's the, the key to that grace is oil in your lamp. You, if you're going to be the foolish virgin, you may be saved, but you are going to live under a hellacious pressure. If you want to get out from underneath the pressure, you've got to keep your lamp full of oil. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We want to pray for you tonight. I know it got kind of serious, but you know, some services, I guess, are just like that. But hallelujah. Um, and we want to pray for you tonight before we go. Lay hands on you. In fact, I, just, I don't want to do it all. Hallelujah. Now, I don't think we have it all. I don't think we're the only ones that got something to offer. Hallelujah. And uh, besides, I gave, I, you know, we prayed spirit, soul, and body. <laughs> That's why I let some other people pray because I was getting wore out and I knew I had to save myself for the message. And so we're going to pray. Um,